you are listening to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this podcast is all about being neurodivergent in a really neurotypical world. I am a married mom of three, or well, I'm trying to stay married, and I also work, or well, I try to work. Well, anyway, if you don't mind me using you as therapy, strap on your seatbelts, hold on tight, because it's probably going to be a bumpy ride. Hi, and welcome to Not Neurotypical, a neurodivergent podcast. I am Laura Stan, and this is the first video recorded podcast. And I picked this one because this is probably the most important podcast I've ever done. And maybe the most important podcast I will ever do. That's how passionate about this subject that I am. So if you don't yet follow me on Instagram, my name is at Laura Stan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N. If you already follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm very active on there and I interact a lot with my followers. And chances are that if you follow me on Instagram, or listening right now, I've probably interacted with you. And that's because I love you. I love autistic people. I finally found my home. That's what it feels like to me. Um, I longed for a group of people that I could feel comfortable with for 35 years. This has been going on forever. And I assumed I would wander this earth going from friend to friend forever. That was, I remember thinking that some of my earliest memories and it's really sad. And I even remember when I first met my husband and I told him I always assumed I'd be alone forever. And his reaction was, you're crazy, Um, which we hear a lot when you're neurodivergent. (laughs) But um, at the time I didn't know that the reason he was calling me crazy is because he truly loved me and wanted to be with me forever at that point. But I didn't know that yet. I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but when I said that, that I felt like I was going to be alone forever at the time, I truly and deeply meant it. And I, like I said, felt that way since I was a kid. I felt that way in high school. I felt that way into adulthood and into my 30s. And the 20s into my adult life was the most challenging for me and the truth is that I don't feel that way anymore. I truly, truly feel like I have found my family deeper than a tribe. I have found people that are so worth fighting for, people that need to be fought for. We just can't get through this life alone. We just can't. And I'll go more into that later. But speaking of not being alone, my middle child has been welcomed into our fabulous world of autistic girls. She got her autism spectrum diagnosis just this week. And um, she's four years old. And I am just ecstatic. I'm so happy for her. And do you want to know why I am seriously so happy that she got her autism spectrum diagnosis and that I have three, three kids that are autistic? 
I am rejoicing because you have siblings and parents and still feel a deep loneliness like no one gets you and can relate to you. It's something that I just can't explain, but it's hard. It's really, really hard. And while my kids are surely not neurotypical at all, they have three people close to them, me and their two siblings, all three of them, that get them and understand them. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy for them or fun or any of that, but it's a beautiful thing to have two siblings and a mom that even though we all have different struggles and all of us have a different combination and presentation of the symptoms and different strengths and different challenges and all of that, they have people who are close to them that understand and that is such a big part of the battle. And honestly, I have that too. And I have that with them and I have that with all of you. And that's why I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you to my new family. I will be fighting for you. I will be spreading the message of acceptance for neurodiversity for you and for me and my kids. This has now become my life's work. And this is all that really matters to me now. And what seemed like an alternate universe, which is the whole autistic adults, autistic parents, and autistic kids, it just felt like I was stepping into this whole new world. But it has completely consumed my life since the end of May of this year. It's 2019. And I have researched more information on the subject of neurodiversity than I've ever researched anything else except music in my whole life. Um, music has always been my number one special interest, but today we are going to be diving into the subject of masking. This is a subject that I believe is at the root of neurodiversity and the whole neurodiversity movement. Masking is at the center of acceptance of neurodiverse people and helping people to see the benefit of us being a part of society. If people can't see us, people will never accept us. And I'm going to repeat that. If people can't see us, people will never accept us. Society will never accept us. And if you want and believe in neurodiversity acceptance, that's acceptance of all different types of brains and all different types of people and disability rights and all of that, if you believe in that and you are wearing a mask, you are not fighting for and truly supporting neurodiversity. And I know that's a really strong statement. So let's talk today about taking off the mask that you thought you were supposed to be wearing. And let's make it very clear. It wasn't a choice for us to put on the mask. While doctors say, and I've personally been told this from doctors, everyone wears a mask sometimes. It's common to have a work persona and things like that. <laughs> but I just want to say that I cannot roll my eyes hard enough at that statement because most neurotypicals will never ever understand what it's like to be six and to know that you have to say certain things a certain way to have real friends 
or you have to say certain things to make your family proud that aren't necessarily genuine or you have to be a certain way to have a teacher like you like they like the other kids or the countless other reasons that we start masking in preschool or even earlier. I recently read a study that said that they have found and seen and observed masking traits in infants as young as six months old. I guess that's not necessarily an infant, but in babies as young as six months old. So even more proof that we did not choose to put the mask on, but we definitely have a choice to take the mask off. And more importantly, we decide how we take the mask off. So why take the mask off in the first place? What if people don't like you without your mask? Or what if you lose friends or family members if you take the mask off? What if you lose your job? What if no one accepts or understands who you really are? And I address them in this way. What really matters? Who really matters? Is it you? Is it your sanity? Is it your functioning? Is it your health? What really matters? Masking is not for you. And it never was for you. It was for them. And it comes with a price tag. When you're masking and you pay a price to someone for the interaction, it hurts. It hurts you. You're giving pieces away and not receiving anything in return. But the truth is that taking off your mask is a testament of self-love and acceptance. Taking off your mask is acceptance of all neurodiverse people and acceptance of autistic people. And taking off your mask is supporting neurodiversity. And if you know right now that you are masking and you continue to mask, you are consciously choosing to not support or accept yourself and also choosing not to support neurodiverse people everywhere. And as I said, if people cannot see us, how will they ever know our value? How will they know that we should be a part of society? But I want to make it so, so very clear before we dive into this information today that it's so, 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 so important that you unmask in a healthy way. So I'm definitely not telling you right now to run out and go unmask and possibly harm yourself. I am not saying that. So please listen or watch this podcast all the way to the end for all of my tips for how to unmask in a healthy way. And I'll even be sharing answers to questions that my followers have asked about masking. So follow or watch along all the way to the end. But basically how we even got here was that I recently made a poll on my Instagram story and I asked simply, are you struggling with masking? That was the question. And I put up a poll and it's a yes or no question. And I got 180 votes within a couple hours. And of those 189 votes, 180 was for yes and 9 was for no. And the people who voted for yes, that's 95% of them were struggling with masking. And I think we can assume that that's a big issue. 
it's very prevalent and it's very here and now as an issue facing neurodiversity and neurodivergent adults are facing struggles directly related to masking. And even if you assume that a lot of people who aren't struggling or struggling with masking, they didn't vote, I think we can pretty much assume that the number is still well over 50%. So today on episode nine of the Not Neurotypical podcast, we are discussing the art of unmasking and why masking hurts neurodiversity. And I have officially started a campaign. And this is, like I said, I'm coming into my life's work here. I'm so passionate about this. And this campaign is to spread masking awareness and encourage all neurodivergent adults to voluntarily unmask when they can. The hashtag to use or to share about your unmasking journey is hashtag actually unmasking. I can't even say it. Actually unmasking. And you will want to use this hashtag because as you hear today, sharing about your unmasking journey is going to be such an important part of the journey. Sharing. So today I'm going to answer the following questions. What is masking? What causes masking? What type of person or people have a tendency to mask? Why would someone even actively mask who they really are? Is masking voluntary voluntary or involuntary? And where does the mask begin and where do you begin? And where does the mask begin and where do you end? (laughs) What are the benefits of unmasking? Are there any? And how will people around me react when I unmask? So like I said, we are diving deep and heading down a wormhole during this essential conversation that I personally think all neurodivergent adults need to be having. And today, like I always say at the beginning, is probably going to be a bumpy ride. Um, And it's just, this is going to be deep. So hang in there. I'm here for you. Okay, I'm here. That's why we're having this conversation. But anyway, what exactly is masking? As with most things that we discuss here on Not Neurotypical, it is a spectrum issue. This means that masking can look very different depending on the person, depending on the time of each person's life. And um, it can happen for very different reasons. It can have different causes and it can produce different outcomes. Um, For some people, I would say that masking is extremely traumatic. Um, When you, for me, it's been very traumatic. Um, I was masking for over 30 years and I had no idea. I mean, I just knew something wasn't right, but I had no idea. And when the mask came off and I had that realization, I realized that I was dealing with a traumatic situation. And I also think it's really important to point out that any type of neurodivergent adult can mask. And I also want to point out that I will be talking about masking through an autism lens because I am autistic. 
Um, I also have ADHD and um, possibly dyslexia. I just realized that's a whole nother podcast. But um, I identify mostly with autism in general as far as how I handle things and everything. So that's the lens I'm bringing masking to you from, but it's 100% fact that people with ADHD, dyslexia, Tourette's, um, I would say even people with mental health issues like OCD, um, depression, anxiety, especially if you just have generalized anxiety disorder, these are people who also mask. And there's totally different levels of masking, different ways that masking is going to affect you. Um, but, and even certain types of neurotypical people, of course, um, will have different levels of masking. I just don't think it's going to be in a deep, harmful way that it is to autistic people and other neurodivergent people. So, before we discuss anything having to do with masking, I think that we need to truly define it. And masking is or the easiest way to truly describe and quickly grasp the concept of masking is when a child diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder behaves perfectly in school, a little angel, but comes home and explodes into a meltdown and freaks out all night long. Um, they mask at school for a variety of possible reasons, but most of us are most of us know that it's an unconscious decision, right? Like kids don't make a choice to mask. Um, but why would a child mask in school and not at home? Um, it's quite similar to the reasons that we mask well into adulthood. And it's to either fit in, feel accepted, or even to control our environment around us when we don't understand it. Um, if we assert control, it can sometimes make us feel like we are understanding what's going on. So people with processing issues like autistic people um, or the many processing disorders that you can be diagnosed with, um, masking can be a way to feel like maybe you're controlling the situation more or maybe you understand it. And if you go ahead and mask and give people what they want ahead of time, maybe you just feel better about it, but that's not the case. Um, for most people, it's masking to get through the day. But the truth is that you don't get through the day like you think you will when you mask in the moment. And we pay a large price for the masks that we wear. And the child who's perfectly masking at school and comes home and melts down doesn't even get through the day. It immediately hurts. They get home and they're in pain. And I've seen this personally. My son was doing that. And I didn't understand it. And I even took a victim mentality at one point. It was like, why are you so good for your teacher and not for me? And I feel so bad that I used to say that. But I didn't know what masking was then. And, you know, it's just, it's counterintuitive. Um, but the truth is that my son was comfortable at home. And he took the mask off and he was himself at home. He was hurting and unhappy. And sometimes it looks behavioral, but it's not. He came home and he was sharing the pain with me. And 
I wish I saw it earlier, but I see it now and we're handling it. But kids come home and take the mask off and let it all hang out. And that's very, very similar to what we do as adults as well. We um, have meltdowns and there's no stopping them. And if you're witnessing one, you're seeing it all hang out and that's the way it is. And I'm currently unmasked myself and it's been a long process and I'm working with my son on this as well. But um, the autistic mask does not just slip off into adulthood. Um, it stays with us until we make a conscious choice to unmask. It's, it becomes a part of us. You mask so long that it becomes a fake version of who you are. But I don't believe that the mask becomes who you really are. Because if that was the case, I don't think there would be all the trauma involved. There has to be a clash of the mask that we wear and who we really are to actually create the trauma. So if anything, that's a good thing. That means that you can get yourself back. It doesn't have to be permanent. You can take the mask off and embrace who you really are. And that's what this podcast, episode nine today, is all about. But I really love this question. Where does the mask end and where do I begin? That is something that's going to be different for everybody, obviously. And I want to kind of elaborate how to find your true self again. And that comes with time and patience and understanding. And if anyone deserves to take their time and just figure this all out, it's you. So give yourself however long you need and figure out who you really are because you're not going to have a very good time unmasking if you have no clue who you are yet. And the way that I unmasked is I started my Instagram in a safe way and literally just like two people I knew in real life were on my Instagram. It was my husband and um, Kristen Carter of the I Have ADHD podcast who has been so supportive of me, by the way. And she um, has been just such a vocal supporter. And I just want to point out that good people, good genuine people support you while you're going through this. And it doesn't take someone understanding autistic people to be loving and supportive because Kristen Carter, shout out, you're amazing. She didn't know anything about what autism looks like or any of that. And you know, I was sharing all of this information with her and literally I right before my son was diagnosed, I was the same way. I didn't know all the stuff about autism spectrum disorder. And I was sharing with her all of this in real time and she never once judged me. 
She never once said anything negative. She never once was like, you can't be autistic. You came to my house and you organized it. I mean, autistic people can't do that. You know, she never, ever did that. And I just want to point out that good people are good people. And good people are going to support you while you're going through this. Now, the people who have a hard time with it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. It is complex and everyone handles things differently. So there are people like parents who might not have the best response. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're bad people or they don't love you. I think for so many people, it's just so out of left field and you're going to have to educate them a little bit. So before you unmask, you need to be able to self-advocate. And that's the biggest thing. If you're not ready to educate people and self-advocate, unmasking is going to be unnecessarily negative because people are going to be reacting. And if you don't have the tools to handle that, it's going to hurt. And it might hurt either way, but it's going to hurt worse if you're not ready to handle the negativity and flip it into positive things. Like when parents say, but you got good grades or you have a college degree or you're married with kids. How can you be autistic? That's when you educate them and you say autistic people or neurodiverse people are people and we are all different and we have different challenges, different struggles, and we have different strengths and we are a positive part of the world and society and you go on and on and on and on and you can info dump and that's where knowing the education and the information comes in handy for handling unmasking. But you have to know the facts, you have to know what you need, and you have to know how to communicate with the people around you. And you're going to possibly have to communicate unmasking differently depending on the person. So it's complex. Take time to think about how you're going to do this. Create a plan Know yourself first, know what you need second, and then create some sort of plan of how you're going to reveal it. For me, I unmasked fully. My last step was writing it all down and putting it on Facebook where most of the people I know are. And I typed it all up and I told them who I am, what I think about, and I read it to you on the last episode, but it, it encaps encapsulated all of it. I told them who I am. Um what I want from them, if they have questions, how to contact me. And I told them why I was coming out as autistic in this way. And it was because I didn't want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with every single person about this because that would be incredibly draining and hard. And I was just not prepared for that, but I really wanted to just come out. I was ready and it went really well. So that was my plan. And as you know, if you've listened to my podcast episodes, you know that I had been stewing on it for a while and sitting there and thinking about how was I going to do this. I've said in multiple episodes, I'm not quite ready, but I'm close. And that was really me just planning and waiting until I was ready. So in the beginning of the podcast, I said a lot of negative things that might seem negative. I think they're positive. But when I, when I was saying that if you're masking, you are not supporting neurodiverse people or yourself, I 
want that to be said that I also don't think you're supporting neurodiverse people if you're not ready to unmask and you unmask and then spiral and just be too hard on yourself and and make things more negative for yourself that doesn't help you or neurodiverse people or anybody but first and foremost yourself so also what are the benefits of unmasking there are so many benefits and the number one benefit is that there is nothing better in this world than knowing who you are and being authentic and being your true self and it's going to take time if you've been masking your whole life it's going to take time to really truly love yourself and support yourself but if you don't unmask you're never going to get there you're never going to be authentic and it hurts us so much more because being authentic is so important to neurodiverse people and that's the biggest benefit is you get to be yourself and and for me at first it felt like the challenge of starting my whole life over again but as I started to grow and learn and all of that it feels like I'm reborn in a good way it feels like I'm just starting my life at 35 but it feels like the sky's the limit now. So there's like this arc of what you're going to go through. And it, of course, it can start off really negative, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It can turn into this new, exciting world that you're finding out. And you're like, oh, wait, maybe I do have this interest. And everyone thought it was weird, but I love it. And then you find a new creative outlet or something. Um, you know, it is starting over in a way, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing you know, it's going to take time. Like some of us are, you know, you're unmasking because you'd like to stim in public and, and you know, um, just feel like everyone isn't like, oh, I don't want to be with you while you're doing that or something like that. Um, and, and I just want to point out that all of this navigation is going to come down to how you communicate not just communicating it's going to come down to how you communicate so it's possible you're gonna to have to change the dialogue up a little depending who you're talking to parents spouses siblings best friends cousins you know whatever it is it might be a little different it's okay to be calculating and not just wing it and have a plan for how this is all gonna unfold because it's complicated and um, I'm a professional organizer so I naturally like to have it all planned out how I'm gonna do it um, but winging it might not be the best thing to do for some people if you wing it and you're confident and you got this then go for it um, but another question is will they believe me and the truth is some people will and some people won't some people will believe that you're autistic and they're going to say, or neurodiverse in general, and they're going to say, yeah, duh, <laughs> we always knew there was something going on. Or they're going to not be educated on the subject and say, well, you've done this, this, and this. There's no way that you have this, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is. So some will and some won't. And that's another thing. I mean, you're going to be showing other people your true self and they're going to show their true selves right back to you. 
and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, right away, you're going to know who is someone who loves you and supports you. You're going to know who needs education and you're going to know who's a bad person. And right then and there, the line is in the sand. You're going to say, this is who I really am and I'm autistic and I'm proud or I have ADHD and I'm proud or I'm dyslexic and I'm proud and I have this struggle here or challenge, but I'm amazing at this, this, and this, and that's who I am, or this is what I want to do. I'm going to stim in public, and if you don't like that, don't come out with me because I don't have room for any more negativity in my life, and I'm definitely not going to invite it in anymore. And that's the point of all of this. Unmasking is to accept yourself and support yourself, but also end the hurtful cycle of negativity of giving pieces of you away and then filling those pieces that you gave away with negativity you are embracing yourself and telling the world this is who i am and you can accept me or you cannot but you have to mean that it has to be okay that some people are going to fall along the wayside it has to be okay Um, that's a part of life and I don't have a lot of empathy, so maybe that's easy for me to say, um, but it's a part of life. Not everyone is going to be on your journey with you for your whole life, but your autistic journey or your neurodiverse journey is really important, especially right now. We are at the beginning of what's going to feel like a war a war to tell the world that we belong here and that we give value to society. And I'm going to say it again. If society cannot see us, we are not going to advance in the way that we need to. We need to be allowed to stim in public and be who we are. My daughter needs to be allowed to be a horse on the playground if she wants to. And she should have my other daughter walk her around um, over the playground. And we shouldn't get dirty looks. And honestly, we don't in Philadelphia where everyone's, you know, has their own. They don't really care. But, you know, even in those small towns in America um, where I'm sure we would get a lot of looks, it needs to change. And you need to be able to look however you look and stim too. Um, Stimming seems to be reserved for um, certain looks and that's just not the way the world works. And I say stim loud and stim proud and be out there and do it. And, you know, just whatever you need. If, If you are not into Thanksgiving like me, which is coming up very soon and I'm so stressed about it, don't do it. I am, I've told my husband that this is my last Thanksgiving. Um, and what I mean by that is I've never liked Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) I've shared many times that side conversations are really hard for me. And Thanksgiving is quite literally a large group of side conversations that I have to listen to. And I hear all of them at once and it hurts. It hurts. Um, I don't want to be that way. I would love to go to Thanksgiving and be the life of the party and be happy and 
you know, have a great time and eat the food. But honestly, I don't really love Thanksgiving traditional food and the side conversations that I have to hear just all day are so painful and that's who I am. So I'm embracing it, but I'm giving my husband one more. It's never at our house anyway, because as you know, when you start your family, like you're still responsible for like going everywhere else. Um, But I am being real in that way. Um, So it's okay to give some notice too. Like I'm using myself as an example, but um, let's just kind of recap how you handle unmasking step one is to learn who you are again first and the way to do that is um experiment or you know figure out a way to relearn yourself in a safe way first so the way i did it was i created that instagram and i it was in a safe space. I only added other neurodiverse people and I kind of got myself out that, out that way. And um, I was just kind of gradually sharing things that were really me and I was getting good responses and I kind of, it's like an encouragement. So uh, I'm not saying you have to do it that way. You just have to find a creative outlet or a way to get yourself out there where you know you're not going to get hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt to kind of test the waters. I mean, you might want to create a blog or... Um, you know, figure out some way to kind of slowly get back to where you want to be. Um, Step two is to know what you need. So you can't just unmask and not communicate and expect everyone to kind of treat you how you want. So you have to know who you are, you have to be realistic, but you also have to know what you need and how to advocate for yourself. And this all takes time. So take the time. Like I said, don't go unmask right now. Um, It's a process. Some of you may need therapy or, you know, professional help or a coach to kind of help you get through this. And, you know, there's probably plenty of therapists that could really help you with this as well. It's just the fact that not many people in the medical profession I found are very aware of masking or, you know, what it really entails for us. So it's good to kind of find someone who's really going to understand the challenges that comes with this. Um, so know yourself, be realistic, know how to advocate for yourself. And then next is communicate properly and in a way that is not masking at all, but in a way that is going to set you up for success. And that probably is having a a different type of conversation depending who you're talking to. For me, it was throwing it, just throwing it out there on the internet and laying it all out for them and they can read it and whoever wants to contact me can and who doesn't, whatever. That was me. Like, if you want to accept me, that's great. And if you don't, then that's the way it goes. Um, And after that, it's really just about maintaining and um, you're going to go through challenges and it's really important that the mask doesn't come back because it, you're going to have to, it's kind of like weight loss. Um, if you mask like me for over 30 years, it's kind of easy to, in certain situations that are hard for me, for the mask to like slowly come back on. So it's something that you have to be conscious of and maintain like 
similar to when you lose the weight, you have to continue to eat healthy. And um, you have to be conscious of the fact that the mask might slip on back on in harder times. So it's really important to be consciously aware um, that the mask doesn't just come off and it's gone forever. It can come back. And my last tip or group of tips is what I, when I'm coaching, I tell all of my clients, and it's really, really, really important to me, is that sleep, what you eat, and hydration is what makes or breaks you. And it's really important to remember that when you're eating and drinking, you are eating and drinking for tomorrow. So if you know you have a really hard day the next day, it's really important to eat healthy ahead of time and drink and hydrate the day before. Um, if you are planning on having a tough conversation, really try to get good sleep. Take a melatonin or something. Like, like make sure you are doing self-care properly throughout the whole process because unmasking is a true, true, true sign of self-care, but the other parts matter too, and that's taking care of yourself and um, you will be just naturally better prepared to handle all of this if you're eating, sleeping, and hydrating yourself as you should. I mean, that's the basics of life, and it's no different while you're going through a hard time like this or planning on unmasking. So that is just my biggest tip. But if you take one thing away from what I've been talking about, it is that if you are masked and people can't see you, they're never going to accept us. So it's really important. This is important. And I don't want you to feel like I'm forcing this on you. I just want you to understand how important this is because it's not just about me or neurodiversity either. The longer you mask, the harder this is going to be to unmask and get to know yourself and deal with all of this. This is hard. And you didn't choose to be here and realize that you've been masking for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but you're here. And the great thing is that there's a group of people that are all concerned about unmasking right now and um, all women and non-binary folks are welcome on the Not Neurotypical Squad and that is a Facebook group that I created and I'm so passionate about this. I really wanted to kind of create a group for people that are going through all of this. So if you need added support, um, contact me through my Instagram. Definitely send a message. It's at Laura Stan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N. And um, send me a message. Uh, in my bio is the link to the Facebook group and join. We want you there. I'm sorry, men. It's just women and non-binary folks right now. Um, but I am working on trying to find a male that can start a specific unmasking male group. And I think that would be really beneficial too because it's not just women who mask. I mean, all over the internet you'll find, oh, it's particularly bad in women, but um, my son masks. I know 
men have an issue with this too. So it's really important that we um, have the support for everyone who is having an issue with unmasking. So thank you so much for watching today and I will see you next time.